With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It's time for today's Lucky Land Horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say. Your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, good evening, and welcome to the Chels. This is me, Kerry. I'm here, and I'm joined by some wonderfully illustrious guests. I've only gone and got Mr. Gary Hayes yet again. He Hello. is stalking the podcast. We can't get rid of him. He's on here every week at the moment. You're right, Gary. I'm wearing my trench coat in uh, dedication tonight. Uh, excellent. That's what we like. <laughs> like to, to, well, I don't like to see it at all. We've also got only Mr. Chef himself, Alan Bird. Good evening. And how are you, Alan? I'm very well, thank you. Good. It's nice to see you. Pleasure to be here. I haven't seen you for a while. It's my birthday next week, so maybe I should get you on because <laughs> I'll need some cakes and feeding. <laughs> and, and then finally, we, we have, he's back. It's been a while. I'm sorry it's been so long. Mr. Dave Johnston, hurry up. It's oh. only a pound. Go hurry, on. Hurry up. Hey, hurry up. <laughs> sorry, I, I, we love your catchphrase so much. We use it all That's the time. That's all right. It's only a pound. <laughs> yes. It's a, a catchphrase. It's only a pound. All right. Well, 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 we'll have a whip round later and we'll have a good go at it. How are you, Dave? Yeah, all good. I'll just get this out of the way. I've got three extra listeners listening to this. Anna, George and Sabina. Yalla blue verse. Hey, that's a bit of Russian, isn't it? It is. That's, that, that is your family, your, your sonality. Yeah. And where uh, are they listening? Somewhere in the world. Somewhere in the world. I've been told I can't reveal it. You can't reveal it? Oh. However far away they are, they're very close to my heart. Oh, look at that. Oh, Valentine's <laughs> Day. You've only, got, Day you've only well. gone and got the mush oh. going straight away. I love it. Bless you, Dave. <laughs> well, we'll go from romance to Burnley. Now, who went to Burnley? Me and Alan. He did indeed. Did he, you... was, um, he was in a curry house um, sussing out the chefs. They were trying to... They had a competition to see who could eat the most hottest curry. Most hot. It's not quite, but I know what you mean. So, the hottest curry. The hottest curry. The hot, and who yeah. did it? They, we, they failed miserably. You see, we... Yeah. The, I, the, the words of the manager was, if this isn't hot enough, 
the chef said he's going to resign. And when we'd finished wiping the plate clean, we said, when are you going to send the hot curry? And then he brought out another curry about 15 minutes later. And I, I, before I'd even eaten it, I could smell it. Just smelt raw spice. Just, just to let everyone know that Alan is actually sitting twenty yards away from the rest of us. <laughs> <laughs> but, but luckily, a, I had a fall. Good once. air conditioning. I had a fall once, and yeah, it was tough. Well, you, you don't like spicy. I know. Food, it, it, bit... it was when I was at university, and uh, we we went to the local curry house, and my mates filmed it. We went in, and everyone just sat down. I'm like, one fall, please, and everyone just watched me eat it. I was struggling. It was sweating, and I had to have a like towel on my head. And... He's breaking out, and yeah. I know. Just thinking about, about it. it, I know. <laughs> well, I was just saying. I went to Manchester University, and and we used to go for a curry on a Friday night to this place. Um, and they only had two curries. They had hot or suicide. <laughs> and you just go for the suicide every time. Why, I have no idea, other than, I suppose, it's sort of like boyish machismo. So, exactly. So did you manage to survive? You, we did. And, we did. And was it good, though? Yeah, it was fantastic. Um, the Elephant um, in Chorley, and they've got a little lounge upstairs, and we had a big party up there. 28 of us went. Yeah. So you were all in the same room together? Yeah, pretty much so. Uh, so how do you cope with the hot curry, Dave? I had a vegetarian one. <laughs> yeah, but it can still be hot. No, it was Dave right. was a sensible one amongst us. Well, he is, actually. People he don't realise just no. how sensible <laughs> Dave is. He's, he's got family keeps quiet. It was somewhere in the world. Um, you know, he's not letting us know. But, you know, it's... So, Burnley, what was it like? So you all stayed up there the it night? Was we cold. did, yeah. It was cold. It was bloody cold. It, it actually, it was one of those games that looked freezing on it telly. Was, it was. We were in the David Fishwick stand and the wind was blowing um, from wherever it was in the valley in Lancashire, straight underneath the stand and blowing the snow onto us. And I heard several people as we were standing there and when we were coming out saying, that's the coldest I've ever been at a game. It's funny you say that because where that stand is, they call it Windy Corner. So <laughs> well, that's because they've all been for a curry. Yeah. Yeah. I um, call it Windy Corner. I got a lift away from Burnley in Mr. Allen. I'm driving an Aston Martin DB11 Birds car. And uh, I got in the front, took my shoes off and demanded that the heaters get directed right onto my feet. You can like, get lifts and you're very bossy, aren't you? You like this when you get a lift with JT? Uh, no, he's all right, JT. <laughs> Do you go, oi, JT, mate, come on, I'll have a word with you. He's just, he's just a captain's armband. Straight away. I feel like putting a peak cap on. <laughs> so, DB11. So, you're not working at the moment, are you? No, I'm not. You're just no. driving your cars yeah, around. Yeah. Like, don't tell the Take social. Don't tell, don't tell. Alan Bird lives somewhere which no one will reveal. No one's going to know where anyone lives. Where do you live, Gary? Talking of lifts and cars, how, how did you find it in my Fiat 500? <laughs> do you know what? I, Gary went, we went to Leicester the other week together and he said, I'll oh, come and pick you up. I'll give you a lift. And I went, OK, brilliant. I don't have to drive into Leicester because I don't live too far away. I thought it'd be nice to go with him. Anyway, he says, I'll just be a short while after. He's got to do the interviews with Conte and everything. Anyway, I go, oh, all right, I'll be fine. It'll only be 10 minutes, quarter of an hour. Anyway, after about quarter of an hour, I'm still outside the ground and I'm actually outside a Leicester pub watching the end of BT Sport outside in the freezing cold because it was cold. And then he said, won't be too long now. Anyway, finally, you know, he says, 
hey, look, why don't we meet up? I'll give you my keys because maybe you'll have to go and sit in the car because it's taking longer than I thought. So I went and sat in the freezing cold in his little Fiat 500 for the next hour, oh, waiting oh. for him, like, you know, the poor boy waiting for his father to and stop it, drinking or something. It was in this busy car park where the Filbert Street Stadium used to be. And when we got there, it was packed. And as I was walking back there, there was just like this big desolate open plane it was just my little car <laughs> stuck there with a light on I was like oh carry him so it was like something as I got up to it something like out of Titanic it was all steamed up uh, I was like, he doing in there well I wasn't doing anything <laughs> untoward <laughs> believe me that was the last thing on my mind in that car because I didn't want to turn it on in case the, the heating drained the battery so I just sat there shivering in the Fiat I mean actually it was much more comfortable than I thought your Fiat 500 but, yeah nice little but, soft top but next time you want to give me a lift and a lift back just you know take me I'll, into I'll the press conference mind, yeah. yeah you know <laughs> but but yeah so so Burnley I mean I suppose we should actually talk about the football, football yeah you know interesting interesting sort of you know yet again the only change is this this it's Pedro or William and Pedro seems to get the nod all the time I mean that that is really it for him, isn't it? It's the one thing he can't decide on, don't you think, Gary? Yeah, um, I've, I've said it a couple of times. Though, that I think now that he needs to start bringing Hazard into that equation. I think that you know he, he is the star of that team, and when he does what he did against Arsenal, you, you can see why he wants to play him for every minute he can. But then after that, the first initial half an hour when Chelsea were really on top before Burnley, you know, clawed their way back into it, Hazard was the essential player there. But then he just seemed to disappear, and he. It, it was more style over substance in the end, where he was trying all these little neat flicks that just weren't coming off and it just started frustrating me by the end. I just thought, you know, that, it, yeah, I, you know how brilliant he can be, but I think just the last six weeks or so, he's he's just disappeared at, at times and that, that's what I thought was a bit frustrating and, and when he brought William on later on, I just thought that Hazard was out of the game by that time and maybe should have just um, changed up that way. But I think the way that Pedro's playing is that, and especially with the goal that he scored, you know, I think he's starting to move himself into that category of player that's so essential to this team that I'm not saying you drop Hazard or I'm not saying, you know, over for William, but I just mean, I think that now what that, that competition for one place for for two players, I think should maybe become competition for two places between three. Yeah, I, I think, you know, I, I don't know how you feel about it, Dave, but it, it seems to me that William is the one who's actually getting the the subs role most of the time. And when he comes on, He's, he does things that no one else has done all game. I mean, how do you feel about it? Well, I'm with um, Gary, to be honest with you, because I, during the game, I was, when they, you know, the substitutes were warming up and I was having a chat with my mate who's going to come on and who's going to come off, I was, I thought... You mean Conte, a, of course. <laughs> <laughs> well, John Terry was in RM, by the way. I saw that, yeah. 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 And um, I thought Eden Hazard should have... Um, come off to be honest with you and I agree with Gary they were trying a few too many flicks but I'm one of those Chelsea supporters who recognise that there's 11 other players up against Chelsea and we can't always have it our own way and Burnley's got a fantastic record at home this season and that Keane got to be one of the best defenders in the Premier League and um, you know he had that um, that defence sorted out that guy and he had a fantastic game. He's probably the man of the match, to be honest with you. And um, they did the business. And, you know, I, I've i heard about, um, you know, all these um, uh, hacks 
picking up what's going on on Twitter and people calling for um, Antonio Conte to get sacked and all the rest of it and all you know all that chat on Twitter. It's absolute. When rubbish. is this? Recently? Yeah, no, it's in the, the back week. of the draw. <laughs> no, it was mm. absolutely mad. Okay, here's one. If Conte doesn't win the title from here, should we sack him? <laughs> yes. Yeah, got to go. Conte out. Never liked him anyway. Antonio Conte is going to prove to be one of the best ever managers this club's ever had. He's absolutely fantastic. And, yeah, he is. Um, I think I've made my um, feelings clear about the um, the previous but one manager. And uh, I'm uh, sticking by that. Who was the previous but one manager? One of the Man United supporter. Jose, Jose, yeah. yeah. Oh, oh yeah, I remember. Yeah, yeah. yeah but, I think, or well, I thought that Pedro's his performances are he's a lot more direct, I think, than William. And we started brightly in that game, as uh, Gary mentioned. Um, and I just think that we need that pace, and we need his guile as well, because he is a quick player and he gets into good positions. Um, but I think after a while, when William did come on. William is one of these guys that frightens the hell out of defenders and you need to do something when it's not quite going your way. You need to change it around. And I think Hazard has been great. I mean, the Arsenal game, was he was phenomenal. But I think the biggest worry for me at the moment is the form of Costa. He just doesn't look on the on One the ball goal in five games now. Yeah, and he, he just looked off the pace. He took one too many touches and it's not just been like for this game. The game before was like that as well and... He's got to he's got to be firing on all cylinders for yeah. us to to really be I challenging. In, sorry, I thought in that game he was um, coming back a little bit too often to pick up yeah, the ball. He just didn't just seem him hanging around did on the edge of the hungry yard box. It's interesting yeah. with Costa because when you see him dropping back quite a lot, it usually means something's not going right up top. Absolutely, and he's done that in the last few games quite a bit. Now. I think you made a very good point is that in all of this, we can moan about this, we can moan about that. My own personal view is we were in charge of that game. Burnley were nowhere. That that free kick was well splendid, class. world class. It changed everything, not only for the team, but for the crowd as well. And suddenly we were in a game. And I think we'd only played up to a certain level and it was all the, all the flicks up until that free kick came off. From the moment that finished, we carried on doing those flicks and they didn't. And Costa couldn't find a way to link up with Hazard again. Pedro kind of lost his momentum because he wasn't able to feed off anyone. You know, our wing backs were getting occupied, especially, you know, they they tried to attack down that left side where Hazard is. Um, And, you know, we still definitely have a weakness in that uh, as Piliqueta and Moses Fulcrum. There there is a slight problem going on there. Um, So I think we need to have a look at certain things. And I think we perhaps need to be a bit braver in mm. certain ways and go, well, maybe Hazard does have to sit a game out. Maybe Costa, yeah. we need to get him fit. And what do you think about Luis? I mean, for me, Luis one minute is limping like a fool and then he's galloping around. But something's not right with that leg, is it? No, right, he's had no. it for a while. It's just since that Manchester City game. It, yeah, but it it's not been, the yeah. tackle from Aguero, is it? Because it was yeah, the other I leg think- that was done. No, I think it was that leg. Yeah, but was, I, that I, I, I don't know whether Aguero. it is directly from Aguero, but it's a problem he's had for a while because he had it um, in the back, the back end of the season before he joined PSG as well. But um, the thing is with, with him is the way he reads the game. He, he does, even now with the, the you know the praise that Louise is getting, he, he doesn't get that that praise for how he reads the game and how he can play that sweeper system 
or the libero role, trying to be more cultured with you know the way you describe it. But he doesn't get enough credit for it because you see the way he does read that, that Andre Gray was trying to make all those runs off the ball and he was trying to really target Aspilicueta and David Luiz was always there just as that insurance policy and he did it so effectively and so well, even you know, hobbling on one leg. And I think that's why Conte you know, wanted to keep him on and, and now he's got a two-week window where he's got a break because I doubt he's going to play against Wolves on, on Saturday. Um, but he, he's essential to the way Chelsea play and I think you could see it just in terms of the way he was getting the ball and the way we were bringing out of defence and the passes he was making out you know, to Moses and Alonso as well. I think um, David Lewis has been fantastic, but again, um, our best player was N'Golo Kante. He was absolutely fantastic. Yeah, he's been incredible. Picking up everything, tackling everything. And, uh, I'm a, I'm my second nomination for Man of the Match was Thibaut because he made two or three world-class saves that kept us in the game. Yeah, that one where he, he stood up against Loughton when um, I think it was uh, Alonso had let him track inside him and... Um, he just stood him up and made a good save right on half time or just before half time. But just just going back to you know what Dave says about there are eleven players playing against that side is that I just thought that um, you know, the way Burnley played it was almost a out Chelsea Chelsea in the sense of what Chelsea are known for in that mm. um, you know playing Barcelona we were talking about before we came on but you know playing Barcelona in the Champions League when we did Chelsea were always seen as the inferior side you know for the way that Barcelona tried to play football and Chelsea would set up a certain way that was effective. And they played to their strengths and they weren't embarrassed. And that's what I really, you know, respected about what Sean Dyche did on, on Sunday was that, um, you know, he, he spotted what was happening in the game. He, he, he tweaked it slightly in midfield yep. to get um, Barton and Westwood to play a different way. And that's when they came into the game. And yeah, they got lucky with a free kick, but, you know, and they scored from a set piece. But that's what those teams thrive on. That, that's what they live on. They... They, they played the numbers game and they tried to get the opportunities well, in that area. Team as well, aren't yeah. They? But what's, what I like, what's so impressive about them is that you can tell how hard they work and that they know they haven't got the players to score the goals in open play. So what, what, what do managers do that know they haven't got that? They, they work on situations that they can control. And what can they control? Set pieces. You know, and um, the, the way that, that you know, they've, they've signed um, Robbie Brady, obviously not to, just to be scoring those free kicks, but they bring a player like that in and that's what they're working for. They're trying to win those free kicks on the edge of the area that yeah. I don't like him as a player, but Ashley Barnes, you know, I think it was him who won the free kick on, yeah. against Matage as well yeah. and the way he put his body about and it was a deliberate ploy. You know, yeah. They were trying to win set pieces there because they knew they could cause some damage and they did it effectively and they, they deserve a lot of praise for it. Okay, well, we'll be back to talk more about the Burnley game after this break. Hello from the Geek Town Radio podcast, a show that gives you the latest TV, film and gaming news all from a UK perspective, plus the latest UK premiere dates and a ton of interviews from people such as Suits Lewis Lit, Rick Hoffman. It's crazy. The whole thing's crazy. To gaming royalty like Troy Baker and Nolan North. Would you really take a bullet from me? I will know. That's, that's the acting. From behind the scenes people such as the directors of smash hit US comedy Veep. We love Geek Town. My kids wear your t-shirts. To screen legends. Hello. Such as Mr. George Decay. Star Trekking across the universe. For all this and more, come join us on Geek Town Radio, available to download every Tuesday from your usual podcast supplier and from geektown.co.uk. Welcome back after that break. So, yeah, I mean, the Burnley game, I, I do think we didn't quite get ourselves going after the goal, 
But you do have to give Burnley praise. You know, they set out to do a job. And a lot of teams have. And most of the time we've got through it, like West Brom this year and things. But I think we just ran out of some of that luck. And does anyone have a slight concern that actually maybe teams have found certain ways to play against us if we're not up at our full level at the moment and that we're going to be holding on more than, you know, marauding to the title now? Well, if somebody at the start of the season said with 13 games to go, we'd be eight points ahead, I'd be more than happy. Absolutely. Mm. Yeah, I'm not, I'm not being dismissive. I'm, I'm saying, mm. will Conte have to change things and look at things? Because I think there's a few people who maybe aren't playing at the best because they've been playing so fantastically. And I think there's a few people carrying a few knocks. Does he need to have a look at how he addresses this now, rather than just keep on trying to play the same team week in, week out. He's going to have to, isn't he, this weekend? You know, as Gary was alluding to, he's going to have to rest maybe David Luiz. Who knows what his plans are? Um, but he will need to use that squad. You can't play, you know, towards the end of the season and and take that risk of getting a further injury to David Luiz or anyone else. And you've got to keep the, that squad happy. Um, he's managed to do it so far. Um, but I think he will have to he will have to start rotating them a little bit. And when you see the form of players like Hazard and Costa being affected, he's got no choice but to change it. Yeah, but they're not going to be world class every game for ninety minutes, are they? Can't, they? No. they you know they're going to be better one game and not as good the next. That's just the way it is. The thing is, they're playing against a side that's really good at home anyway, and. Was it 29 points out of 30 have come at yeah, home? Or something? Yeah, yeah. Third they, best home form. Yeah, yeah and if, the they, if, they had, yeah, if they had won on Sunday, I think it would have been their sixth or seventh win in a row as well, which is the first time in like 45 years they've done that. Yeah, exactly. So, Long time. You know, it shows how good that home form is. But I think the Chelsea playing at home is a different pr- proposition anyway. And I think if they just win their remaining home games, they're going to win the title. So, you know, th- there's that to consider. But I think talking about, you know, changing the way that they're approaching matches, I know it's something that. I'm probably repeating myself on stuff we've discussed in the past, but I think Conte's aware of that. And you see what he's been doing in games where they've been in commanding positions where I think he wanted to go for it. Well, both managers ended up going for it on, on Sunday to some degree, but he didn't want to settle for that point. He did it at Anfield because he was happy to, because it's, like, it's a good point because you're stopping a rival getting points in you. But especially knowing that Spurs had lost and City were going to play on Monday, that he, he went out trying to get that victory against Burnley, which really what you expect him to. But the way he in later games like he did against Arsenal and Liverpool where he's bringing on so it's the five-man midfield I think that as the season progresses and we get into the latter stages that we might see that where Sesc is starting where you have Kante uh, Matic and Sesc as a, a midfield three with the wing-backs either side and then two up top whether it's Hazard and Costa or Pedro and, and Costa I think we might see that because especially with Sesc that as teams are sitting a bit deeper and are more organised that you see him come on and the balls that he plays and the way he keeps possession and he keeps the game flowing that that's what you need at times. And I think maybe he came on a bit late, you know, too late on, on Sunday. I was just going to say, my, mm. my, I haven't griped about a substitution for ages. I thought that Cesc came on 10 minutes too late. I, you know, whether it's a cold night or whatever, but he just seemed as though it took him a while to get yeah. going and, and by get the time into he the did, game. Because Burnley were, you know, all over us and he needed to just get settled in the game. Whereas often he's come on, he's already got that space around him. And do you think um, Costa should have gone off earlier? Yeah, but I, I, I think... I think there's a problem with Batshuayi in the manager's Obviously, eyes. I don't yeah, think he trusts yeah. him yet. No, he, well, um, he tried to sign two strikers, didn't he, in the transfer? Maybe. I, Allegedly. Yeah, who knows? But yeah, I, I think there's a problem. I think I also think there may be um, a little bit of gamesmanship going on between Costa and Conte. I think 
Conte is going, okay, you're not playing well. I'm going to keep you out there. There just seem, there's been a couple of times in the last couple of games where Costa's looked over to the bench as if to go, is it time for me to come off now? And Conte's gone and made another substitution yeah. instead. And I don't know. I don't know if there's something in that. Um, I'd be interested to, to see if he starts him on Saturday against Wolves. because, But like Alan was saying, he isn't playing very well. And it's almost one of those cliches of he needs a goal to... You know, get his confidence back. Yeah, but also just to get back in the rhythm, mm. you know, and get that muscle memory of you know back of scoring goals and getting that feeling because it is just one to realign himself and then you know then it's almost like his back and maybe sacrificing Batshuayi's development just to get Costa back scoring because he's playing against Wolves where you'd expect he'd go out there completely dominate that side and score goals. Yeah, I, I don't know. I I can't see. It. I think he will rest him for the game. I, I can't see anything other than Batshuayi actually having a run out. He seems to be trusted in the, in the FA Cup at the moment, and I think he'll be out there, him and Ruben and Chalabar and all of those. What do you think, Dave, uh, talking about the Wolves game coming up? Yeah, I agree with you. I think it's going to be more or less the same lineup that um, started against Brentford. Yeah. And uh, it's not a bad thing. You have got to keep... Um, it is a squad game now, but talking about resting players as we were a couple of minutes ago I always um, think of uh, that Liverpool side that won the league playing 42 games they only used 14 players and um, I think somebody once said to me that footballers today are like um, thoroughbred racehorses they get a little bit of a nick and uh, or a knock and you know you've got to look after them but i I would have thought that they're fitter, stronger, the pitches are better, and I can't see why they can't play um, 38 games. Yeah, I agree with Especially you. Especially this team that hasn't got European football to worry about. That's why I think that you look at it and you put the needs of this title challenge ahead of, you know, Batshuayi's own needs, to, you know, and his demands to want to play because you need Costa back in form, you need Costa scoring goals because on the back of Wolves, Chelsea play Swansea, who are a team back in form mm. they're winning games well they're playing good football and you want Costa to be coming up against them bang on it and I don't think it's in his interest to be having a week off he, he doesn't need a week off like Dave says these players should be able to play 38 games and he's, he's not going to be playing in the Champions League on the Wednesday you know they've got a week in between games so I think you've got to play your best players there's an argument to maybe drop Hazard and you know Pedro give them a rest and allow you know Ruben and, and William to start but Overall, again, you know, against Wolves coming up, that you got to be playing the players that need those minutes to get back scoring or you know to get a bit of form back. I um, I like Antonio Conte because he seems to be giving players a chance that would never have had a chance under um, Jose Mourinho. Yeah. And um, I wonder um, <coughs> when Chelsea are playing, whether he's looking um down to the West Country to see how Tammy Abraham's getting on because I think he's got 21 goals this season. So 21 yeah. goals and no car at the moment. I know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, Alan will give him a lift. That's a footballer's car he's driving. There you go. Can, can I just say as well, though, on, on, that, on that front with um, you know, what Tammy's doing is that you see the difference in Izzy Brown since he's gone from Rotherham to Huddersfield. He's they scoring, love him there, don't yeah, they? Yeah, he's scoring... You know, him, him and Casey Palmer, they're, they're tussling over that number 10 position and... Um, David Wagner's doing a good job of, of rotating them but when Izzy plays he's scoring big goals like he scored the opener against um, Leeds he'd been on for like 21 seconds or something stupid like that he scored first touch 
and he'd come on for Casey and then at the weekend against QPR scores the opener and now he's playing in the side that's winning football matches and playing good football you're seeing this really talented player come through so it's, it's looking really good I know we're digressing slightly but well no it's all Chelsea related and, and you yeah. know it is interesting because we have in effect got one striker this season yeah. you know the other one 32 million pounds that sounds familiar of, yeah it does you know it's, it's, it's an odd situation especially when you've got kids out there going and scoring goals for fun you know, I mean, I would love nothing more than seeing one of them come back and become a legend. Whether it happened, I don't know. But they're certainly giving them a good shout of doing something and being noticed by Conte. And I think you're right, Dave. I think Conte is looking at the younger players because he understands. I think, you know, where he comes from and having brought youngsters through at Juventus and things, he understands what that does for a crowd. You know, I know Andy will always argue... We, we, it doesn't matter. We just need the best players at Chelsea. But there is something about having somebody who comes through the ranks and who's a youngster who comes in and does it week in, week out. Whether we see that again in our lifetimes, I have no idea, but I really hope so. I'm hoping that um, one of my favourites, Todd Kane, comes through. He's back playing now after that injury. Had a he good was doing game well the other week. as well, wasn't he? Before? Yeah, he was, yeah. And, it's um, really irritating when these poor kids get these injuries, isn't it? Mm. He, lo- he loves Chelsea Football Club. He's a Chelsea supporter. He's a Chelsea season ticket holder. And uh, he really wants to make it. And I think um, if Antonio Conte gives him a chance, he's going to prove himself. And I hope he does. And um, um, I wouldn't mind him seeing... See, I wouldn't mind seeing Todd Kane at, uh, right back. He can run with the ball do everything that um, Victor Moses can do and, yeah. um, and t- you know talking of other players like that that have been at the club for so long you know Lewis Baker as well what he's yeah. doing and that, mm. you know what he's doing it for Tess you know he isn't just a <coughs> excuse me he isn't just a player that's on the periphery there and doing odds and sods he's an essential part aside now and I know it is the the area divisie but um you know he's a player that can you know certainly come on like you talk about what Todd was doing in Holland you know Lewis can do the same I've got to say um <coughs> I think Michael Emanalo is going to prove a lot of people wrong in the long run because, it, you know, he's what is coming out of Cobham is absolutely fantastic. And, you know, their ethos is if they can produce a player who's good enough for Chelsea, they'll have him. But if he's not good enough for Chelsea, Same he'll on. be great for somebody else. Yeah. And, um, you know, there's not as many people knocking... Michael Emanello now as there was a couple of years ago well it's only because Phil's not here <laughs> <laughs> don't worry when Phil's about he'd be up at you in fact, in fact I just have to say that you know uh, we, we had a few complaints about last week's title of the programme that uh, Jesus is the next Oscar um, in the fact that it wasn't Chelsea related enough and that it was a bit bitter about Oscar so we have actually suspended Phil and Andy for a week so for, for the, well actually it's only two of you I think who complained this week's title will be Chelsea 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 I think that would be fitting so you've had your way Phil and Andy have been reprimanded in fact Andy's been sent to Antigua oh terrible yeah, I know yeah. oh. And if you look on his Twitter feed, there are some really disgusting photos of him <laughs> semi-naked. Oh. Uh, <laughs> Must be torture. <laughs> but also, going, going back to, you know, the, the club and atmosphere and youngsters coming through, you know, um, we, we are coming to this period where we're hopefully going to be building this new stadium. Now, you obviously, Dave, have been involved with this, with the, the CPO and everything. 
Uh, what's your views on it? And how happy are you? What What's your standpoint on it all? Tell um, us some more. My standpoint is I was um, invited to um, go to um, the planning meeting at um, Hammersmith and Fulham Council. Spoke on behalf of Chelsea Football Club and um, uh, Millhouse Capital. And at the end of the meeting, once... Um, the application had been approved. Eugene Tenenbaum has um, promised me the first celebratory swing of the sledgehammer when they knock the hotel down. Excellent. <laughs> and uh, I'm very happy about it. Do you know which bit you're going to take out first? Oh, the biggest bit. I'll knock it down single-handed for them if they want. I never wanted that. What about that window that overlooks the pitch? Oh, yeah. Well, no, that bait, yeah. Bates's window. I'll throw him yeah. through it if he's still in there. <laughs> yeah, and what you see, I don't want to knock a thing. I want to put something through Bates's window. That'll be Can I have first dibs on any kitchen equipment? You can, yeah. <laughs> no, it's absolutely fantastic. And um, uh, the main man behind that, who I won't name because he, he's not all about taking any credit. He's done an absolutely fantastic job. And um, I'm very, very pleased to have this been This is another to, secret, um, isn't it? Well, I'm very Come pleased. on here with a box full of secrets, oh, Dave. He just teases. He does, he? teases us all. I'm not going to give his name but, uh, it, The Just talking but, about yeah. a new stadium, we haven't really spoken about it, but it's on the... It's on the cover of the latest CFC UK, isn't it? It is, yeah. It's only a pound, hurry up. <laughs> but the, just that whole stadium, what a lot they've done with it is that um, in an age where they are effectively Meccano-packed stadiums, you know, look at the, you know, the, the two stadiums that are in North London now, they're virtually identical, you know, and I know there's a slight different change in what uh, one club's doing with their, their cop that they're trying to create. But um, I think you look at Chelsea's, it's so unique. And to me, like I was really disappointed. I know we all want to play at... Stanford Bridge, but I thought if we had to leave Stanford Bridge, that you know, going to Battersea, I thought just looking at that, it just screamed iconic, you know, with the the chimney stacks and everything. But the fact we're staying at Stanford Bridge, which is incredible in itself, but that whole stadium design just is so different, and it's going to be one of the best stadiums in the world, let alone the Premier League. Anybody who knows me, and I don't want to say I told you so, but how many people heard me say we ain't moving? Well, that's it, Dave. You are the font see. of all knowledge. And <laughs> I think we absolutely. Our new stadium is going to be absolutely fantastic, and yep. they're going to have another. They're knocking down the um, health club at the back of the uh, north stand. They're going to. There'll be another health club and gym there. I'm really pleased with the <sighs> fact that um, under the bridge is going to be um, reinvented at the uh, new Stanford Bridge. It's going to be absolutely brilliant. Disappointed that health club's going because I've heard all sorts about the steam room in there, Kerry. Yeah, well, <laughs> I used to be a member there for several years and uh, yeah, I met several of the players and had a chat with them over a steam or two. That sounds so wrong. But anyway, uh, <laughs> moving on swiftly. <laughs> Kerry was often found in there laying there with some grapes and, <laughs> and all sorts. Feeding Didier. Let's <laughs> get you fit, Didier. Yeah, my mate for a while was earning Crespo there. Oh, uh, can we do with him now? Oh, I love Chris, but yeah, so it was, you know he was just injury prone. Unfortunately, it just didn't work out in the end. If mm. only he didn't bring his dog to the training ground. No, oh, well, <laughs> what's that all about? Oh well, because that's what he fell out with Jose over, wasn't it? Tell us more. I don't Ooh. know this. 
Oh, no, don't start. Is that true, Dave? No, That's what Gary's saying. No, you no, have to tell it. And then everyone the, the, will call the, you this out. This is a difference between... When he mentioned his dog, I thought he, you might have meant her and Crespo's other half. We didn't oh, want him to come to England. This isn't love thy neighbour, Dave. See, this is the difference. I'm a journalist, just a little scumbag, trying to get all this stuff out of his Dave's much more reserved than me. And he's like, look, yeah, he's I, I know, yeah, I need to keep my mouth so, shut. But what? I know, it's just, um, just a rumour that... Uh, just a rumour. Yeah, completely baseless. But um, what what happened allegedly? With the dog? Yeah, I'm not <laughs> trying to dig myself out of an hole here. Where has my bone? Um, so yeah, no, Jose just got upset with him because he kept bringing his dog to the training ground. And that was a big part of why they fell out, and Crespo didn't really get his opportunities yeah, under okay. Jose. Yeah. Fair enough. Well, maybe he's just not a dog lover. He's got, he went. He went to get a dog, didn't he? Yeah. No, he got he got um, put in the cells overnight over the That's dog. That's right. Yeah. He told me a story about when he went to pick up the dog from Clacton. And I said, you went to Clacton to pick That's up the dog? That's when he went to Magic City, the arcade there of his son. Yeah, and he, he said, we sat in McDonald's. I said, you were sitting in McDonald's? He said, yeah, we sat in McDonald's. He said, after we got the dog. But he said, we knocked on the door of the house who was the, where the breeder lived and said, we're here to buy a dog. I said, what did they say when they saw you standing there? He said, oh, they're old people. They don't watch football. <laughs> <laughs> well, okay. well, there you go. I mean, I, this has turned into one football manager and a striker and his one dog. Man and his dog. <laughs> because it was it was all in the um, it was all in that red top, wasn't it? Um, with Jose in because the, the magic city banned from Liverpool. Yeah, the, the, yeah, the Magic City arcade with his son, and they were doing the the like the ten pin bowling and going on all, all the games and yeah. stuff. I was, like, I was like 2006 because then they bought it to Portugal. They bought it back. That's it. And then he it had an added inoculations yeah. or whatever. And, yeah, he, um, he went mental and they took him down to cells for the night. Yeah. I remember the Chelsea head of media at the time was out on his anniversary dinner with his wife and he had to go down to the police station because... Well, he, he was Jose telling that story arrested. when we were in Valencia in the team hotel, a Champions League game. He, he was recalling what happened. Blimey, I, I, I've never had a podcast like this before. It's, it's all animal <laughs> welfare. It's very interesting. <laughs> so I suppose we better, we better wrap up, actually. Um, Dave, it's lovely to see you. Um, I hope pleasure. you come Thank back soon much. because I, do, I know yeah. you've been working on a book. Um, we have, yeah. Um, and uh, plug, plug. Well, you've just got the exclusive, haven't you? Well done, Kerry. Uh, there's a book coming out in uh, May called um, Eddie Mac, Eddie Mac by um, five of us. We've called ourselves Eddie McCready's Blue and White Army. Um, there'll be an event at Under the Bridge on the Saturday night before the last game of the season there'll be at least 10 of Eddie McCready's players there plus a few other um, top Chelsea players plus plus uh, the Chelsea podcast will be there it's yeah. all true hey. uh, I don't know whether the, uh, you'll be broadcasting live or uh, if I was we'll record you, I'd record it, it just we'll record it <laughs> But um, Rhoda Dacca from the um, Body Snatchers will be doing a bit of DJ in there. Um, we've got a few things um, planned, whether they'll come up off or not. But there'll be a bit of footage from um, the uh, seventy six seventy seven um, promotion campaign being shown, and three hundred guests. It, it's a benefit night essentially for some of the players who've. Um, not being as careful with their money as they might have been. And um, everyone who attends will get a um, free book and uh, watch this space. Listen out here for more news on how to get tickets.
Sounds fantastic. Okay, before we go, and before you start up your DB11 there, uh, Alan, and give us all a lift home. Little does he know I live in Rutland. Um, <laughs> but he said he dropped me off. Um, it won't take him a moment in that car. Um, quickly, predictions for Wolves. Um, my prediction is no Costa and 2-0 to Chelsea. Alan? 4-0 Chelsea. You took the words right out of my mouth, as Meatloaf said. Okay. <laughs> You're not allowed to do the same score, though. 3-0. 3-0. There you go. I'm going to say uh, 4-1 to Chelsea. Costa plays and Wolves go one up. Fair enough. That, whoa, oh, that's so much information. There we go. Yeah. <laughs> Shame he has got no idea what he's talking about. <laughs> I know. My, my brother's going to say, oh, you know nothing. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, yeah. What's your brother's name? Well, they're twins. Well, I've got, Are they a secret well, as well? I've, I've got <laughs> so many I've got, I've, got si- I've got six brothers and one sister. Okay, um, which one were you talking about? The, the twins. They they like to call me um, the expert. Take you know, take, taking the Mickey out of me. But um, they they predict the scores, and if they get them right and I get them wrong, they make out they know more than me, which is rubbish. But <laughs> there we go. And what's their names? Adam and Nick. Adam and Nick. Adam and Nick, you're very, very wise twins. Um, <laughs> so, well, this has been the Chels. Thank you very much, Alan. Thank you very much, Dave. Thank you very much, Gary. Thank you very much out there. This would have been called One Man and His Dog, but this has been Chelsea, Chelsea, Chelsea. If you like this podcast, come and join me, Mark Webster, for The Whistleblowers, a weekly show that looks at the topics that all football fans are discussing this week at thewhistleblowers.net. And it happens to be brought to you by the same lot that produced this one. Social Podcast Network. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.